Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Football CU Podcast. This is Andrew here and today we're going to go over all of the Week 12 games, all the Thanksgiving games, the Black Friday game and all of the Sunday slate along with the Monday Night Football. But first, as we always do, let's start with the Word of God. We always need to start there in anything that we do in life. And today we're going to go to the book of First Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 through 7. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and we can take nothing out of it. Sometimes we um, get too focused on what we don't have, and we get a little stressed and um, a little worried, and we try too hard to get what we don't have, when sometimes we should just be content with what God gave us. Um, Because when we have contentment, and we show godliness, we show characteristics, of our Lord Jesus Christ, that is great gain. That is power. Because like this scripture said, we can take nothing from this world into the next life. So we need to focus on what we can do in this life that has an effect on this world. And that isn't items, that isn't money, that isn't power, that is spreading the gospel, spreading his love. All right, now let's get into this. Let's start with the Thanksgiving games. We're going to go to the Packers at the Lions. For the Packers, the main storylines I'm looking at here is they have a lot of injuries going on right now. Um, Aaron Jones is going to miss this game, um, and their third string running back is going to miss this game. It's just going to be A.J. Dillon with probably Jaden Reed getting a little bit of running back touches just like he did last week. And honestly, you would think, oh, man, if it's only A.J. Dillon, I should start him. I don't know because every time Aaron Jones has missed games and A.J. Dillon has been the guy, he hasn't really been very effective. Um, He hasn't turned out to a lot of yards and a lot of fantasy points. And the Lions' run defense is pretty good, actually. So I have concerns. Can you start him? Sure, maybe as a flex because he's going to get a lot of volume, but I wouldn't expect a lot. Hopefully he gets in the end zone. I think this game might be closer than what the spread says. Um, The Packers have been playing better. Um, Their passing game has looked pretty decent decent of late love has been a little bit more accurate so the pass catchers reed dobbs watson they're playable but again i wouldn't expect why receive for one or two numbers maybe flex plays and for the lions um their running back room looks like we understand what it's going to be from now on it's going to be kind of a 1a 1b with either one of them being the 1a or the 1b and both being startable Jameer Gibbs is going to be in for most of the passing down work because he's a great pass down um, running back, great out of the backfield. And he also gets some touches, um, gets some runs, gets um, a lot of goal line touches as well, which is actually kind of surprising. We always we all thought it might be David Montgomery um, primarily in the red zone, but no, Gibbs is getting some goal line work as well. And then for Montgomery, he's going to be um, more involved with the um, in-between-the-tackles um, out of the backfield running up the middle. 
and a little bit in the goal line, but not as much in the pass game. So they're both very usable. One way to look at it, if you think the Lions are going to have a big lead, then Montgomery might be the guy you mainly want to use if you have both. Or if you think the Lions are going to be either behind or it's going to be a close game, Gibbs is probably the guy you want. But in all honesty, you can start both. They're both so good. The Lions have one of the best offensive lines in football. Next up, we have the Commanders and the Cowboys. For the Commanders, um, it looks like I'm thinking that um, Antonio Gibson might play. He might give it a go. He's, he's iffy, but it's looking positive. Like he's going to play, which that kind of hurts Brian Robinson because when he was out last week, Robinson looked great. But um, with Gibson in, Robinson won't get much of the passing game work. And against the Cowboys, you have to you have to think that they're going to be down. But I I have a strange feeling. The Commanders kind of play to their competition, and they're going to be up for this game. Not saying they're going to win at all, but I think they're going to be competitive enough where it's going to be closer than people think. Maybe within eight nine points. Um, almost a one possession game at the end. Nothing where the Cowboys are going to seem like, oh no, they're going to lose this game. It's not going to be that. But the Commanders are going to kind of keep up with them a little bit. Um, and their pass catchers, I don't know what they're doing. They're spreading the ball around a lot. They're not focusing on McLaurin and, and Jahan Dotson like you would think they would. So if you have even one of those two guys, you're not too happy. They're mainly just flex plays because Hal is spreading the ball around. He is a really good quarterback that they picked up um, last year's draft. He's looks He looks really good. He could be their future, but he spreads the ball around too much. You can't really trust any of those um, receivers right now because they just don't get enough targets. I mean, last week, I think LeCorn had, what, four for 50? So four catches for 50-some yards, and that's it? I mean, on like seven or eight targets? You want to see those targets push to 10 for McLaurin. And then you're like, okay, now I have a wide receiver too, maybe even a one. But right now, he's basically just a flex. And for the Cowboys, um, I think this is going to be one of those games where they can do whatever they want on offense. Like they kind of have been because the commander's defense is just awful. And the Cowboys have been playing so well lately. So you're going to be starting Dak. You're going to be starting CeeDee Lamb. You'll start Ferguson because he's looked really good. Paul Hurd might get in the end zone as well. And you might even flirt with starting Brandon Cooks because he's played well of late. Other than last week, I think last week was kind of a dud. But before that, he was playing really well. So you should feel okay starting him as a possible flex play. And also their defense because I think... They're going to get a, um, a good amount of sacks, a good amount of turnovers, even if the commanders kind of keep up and score a decent amount of points. And the last game for the Thursday slate is the 49ers and the Seahawks. This is going to be an interesting game. Um, with the 49ers, their offense is just humming right now, like it is when they're healthy. So you pretty much can plug in all the guys you normally would. Purdy, McCaffrey, um, Debo, Ayuk. Ayuk might be the best wide receiver out of this um, whole team. He's looked really, really good. And then Kittle as well. Even 
it's been kind of surprising because even with the other two guys healthy, he's still been getting a lot of good looks. So you can just plug all those guys in and feel really good, especially Purdy. Purdy is someone you might want to trade for before the trade deadline if you can get him because the rest of their schedule looks pretty decent where he's going to have good matchups, be able to just sling the ball around like he has been, getting it to those amazing offensive um, playmakers, and be able to cash in a lot of fantasy points. Um, so if you have the capability, I would try to trade for him. And the next we have the Seahawks in this game. Um, <coughs> excuse me. So for the Seahawks, they're dealing with some injuries. Sounds like Gino's going to give it a go. He'll be okay, but he might not be 100%, which kind of gives you a little bit of concern. But the biggest thing is Ken Walker is going to be out this game. Doesn't sound like it's going to be a long-term thing, but they're not sure yet. I don't believe it's going to be an IR, but who knows? They might find something out a little bit different down the line and think, hey, maybe we just need to sit him. Um, he's going to miss this game, which means it's going to be the Zach Charbonnet show, which is awesome because he is such a great talent. And whenever you're the guy in the Seahawks, not really much guys behind you for competition, then that usually pays in for a great fantasy output. Problem is here... The defense they're going up against is might be the best defense in the game. Definitely top two or three. Um, so Charbonnet's going to have a little difficult time finding run lanes um, and gaining yards. But he's going to be involved in the pass game. Which with that pass rush of the 49ers, I don't think Geno's going to have a lot of time to push the ball downfield to Metcalf and Lockett. So I think it's going to be a lot of short passes and a lot of dump offs to Charbonnet. So Charbonnet should be a solid start this week. Next game we have is the um, Black Friday game, the Dolphins and the Jets. I think this is going to be another pretty good game, honestly. Um, I don't. I think the spread's a little too big because strength on strength is offense versus defense. Offense for the Dolphins, defense for the Jets. So it's going to kind of cancel each other out. Um, but for the Dolphins, um, what I'm looking at here is I... I'm pretty sure, I'm, I'm fairly confident in this, it's not official, I've not been really told, but I'm pretty confident they're going to let A-Chan sit this week, get 100% healthy, um, that way for the rest of the year he can be just um, heavily involved in the offense instead of being a little concerned, a little bit limited, I think he's going to sit, which means Mostert's going to have a, a ton of touches because Ahmed is out. They already um, ruled him out. So it's going to be Mostert. It's going to be Jeff Wilson. And Jeff Wilson hasn't really been utilized this year much. I don't know what's going on. Maybe he's lost his stat. Maybe they don't trust him. I don't know. But it's going to be the Mostert show. So you can plug him in your lineups and feel pretty decent. He's going up against a great defense. This is probably the best defense in the league. But with the amount of volume he's going to get, he's a solid flex, even RB2. And for the Jets, I'm actually kind of interested and slightly excited to see what Tim Boyle has in store. They benched Wilson, finally, and now he's the third string, and it's going to be Tim Boyle as the number one. We're going to see what he's got, because um, I heard this interesting stat, but a couple years ago, um, Tim Boyle was with the Lions, and he started like the last couple of games, garbage time when the Lions were just done, they won just a couple games. Um, and this was Amon Ra's rookie year. Those last few games Tim Boyle started 
were the um, starting point of Amon Ra's career, where he got ton of volume, a lot of yards, um, like 10-11 catches every game, just crazy amount of volume. Could that happen here with Garrett Wilson? That's what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm hoping for. So um, I might be starting Garrett Wilson. He's going to have he's gonna have a tough matchup this week um, because the Dolphins' um, defense is pretty decent. You know, it's okay. And he's going to get the Jalen Ramsey treatment. Ramsey looked great last week, so he's probably going to be shadowed for a majority of the game by Ramsey, so that's going to be tough, but I think Tim Boyle is going to do a lot, um, enough of like medium routes, short routes to Garrett Wilson, where he should get a lot of targets, a lot of catches. Next up, we have the Saints and the Falcons, starting with the Sunday games. So this is going to be a good game. we got some good games this week. For the Saints, Michael Thomas is on IR. He's going to be sat for at least four weeks. So what I'm interested in is who's going to be the number two behind Olave. I think it could be Rashid Shahid, and that could that could be a really good pickup if, if he's available on waivers because Olave doesn't get a lot of targets. He gets a good amount, maybe in the eight range, which is fine. Um, but they spread the ball around a decent amount. And Derek Carr isn't afraid to go deep, and Shahid is their speedster. So I'm interested interested to see, is he going to get a lot of deep routes, or are they going to involve him on more of the short, medium routes as well? I think it's going to be a mixture of both, where he's going to be the deep route and the short, medium. Well, he's going to be on the field a lot. So I'd be interested in picking him up if he's available. And for the Falcons... They just got out of their bye, so did the Saints, but the Falcons got out of their bye, and I'm I'm interested to see how they're going to use their offense. Um, their coach, Arthur Smith, he's been very frustrating this year, just to say the least, but he said a few things that had caught my attention. He's given, he's given um, Bijan Robinson some praise, almost like he plans to utilize him more. I don't know if that's true, but I'm interested in seeing that. Hopefully... Arthur Smith gets kind of um, a smart idea and gets, you know, something that we've been asking for forever and utilizes his best playmakers, B. Sean Robinson, Kyle Pitts, and Drake London. Funnels the ball to those three guys for a majority of the touches. You can use Jonu Smith. You can use... Um, Tyler Algier, you can use these other guys a little bit as well, of course. Get them involved. But funnel the ball to your best three players. He should see it pay off. At least we hope so. That way he can actually keep using it. So I think Bijan should get a lot of work this week. The Saints defense is pretty good. Um, but Bijan, the rest of the year, has a lighter running back schedule. So he might be key through the fantasy playoffs. Next up, we have the Steelers and the Bengals. This is going to be another good game. I think the Bengals are going to fight. They have their backup quarterback, but I think they're going to fight. For the Steelers, they fire their offense coordinator. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do with this offense. I'm kind of thinking, or maybe this is just being me being hopeful. I'm kind of thinking this might be similar to the Raiders situation when they fired their head coach, who was their offensive play caller and their 
interim head coach Antonio Pierce, he got things simple, focused on their best playmakers, made sure they got the ball. I kind of feel like this might happen with the Steelers. It's hard to say for sure until you see it, but I think this could be a point where their running backs coach, I believe, is going to be one that's that's the offense coordinator. He might think, okay, I haven't really done this much before. Let's make it simple. Let's get the ball to the best players. And right now, the best players look like three guys. Jalen Warren, not Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, Deontay Johnson, and George Pickens. Getting the ball to those guys. Now, it is still going to rely on Kenny Pickett, who has not looked good. Jury's still out on that one. But I think that the ball is going to be funneled to those three guys. And you should be okay having them on your roster for the rest of the year, but you need to see it first. They don't have a bad matchup. Bengals defense doesn't scare you. And for the Bengals, um, what I'm looking at here is I believe that their backup quarterback looked pretty decent last week, actually. He was feisty. He was moving around the pocket, had a few rushes. He was force-feeding the ball downfield to Jamar Chase, which is what we want. And I think that's going to continue. It's probably going to be more conservative-ish, lower um, downfield targets, more of the um, close to the line of scrimmage, dump-offs, lots of Joe Mixon. But that's fine for our Jamar Chase and our Joe Mixon, even T. Higgins shares. Just get them the ball. That's all we really care about, and I think that's going to continue. I think Jamar Chase, just like in week one, I believe it was, when um, Burrow was very limited, like week one through three, it wasn't downfield shots. It was close to the line of scrimmage, like five, ten-yard passes, and dink and dunk, which is totally fine. As long as Jamar Chase continues to get the ball, we're okay with that. And I think that's what's going to continue going forward. The next game, this is kind of a ugh game. We have the Panthers and the Titans. For the Panthers, uh, you're just not starting anyone. Even though this matchup doesn't scare you, so to speak, you don't trust anyone other than maybe Adam Thielen. Um, He's still getting a lot of volume. He's still the only really offensive playmaker they have. So put him in your lineup, and that's it. You're not going to start their running backs, tight ends, any other receiver. Definitely not Bryce Young. Not this year. It's been a rough year for him, which is kind of crappy for him, honestly, because they don't have their first-round pick. They gave it to the Bears. So this has not been a good year for them. A lot of battle wounds, a lot of um, growing pains. It's not been pretty. For the Titans, I'm interested to see how their offense looks against uh, kind of an easy defensive matchup. They can do whatever they want. They can open up their playbook. Is it going to be more run-heavy? Is it going to be kind of balanced? Are they going to try to pass the ball more? I think it's going to be kind of more toward the run-heavy side. That's still what they want to focus on. If they're in the game or leading, they'll run the ball, which I think they probably will be this game. So Derrick Henry should have a better game. Tajay Spears is still going to get enough touches to be flex-ish worthy. Um, and then Hopkins is still can get the ball funneled to him, and that's about it. Um, Will Levis has not looked great, but he's still been okay. He's been good enough. So he should still get the ball to Hopkins and Henry and Tajay Spears should get enough touches. And that's kind of about it for them. Game's probably not going to be pretty. Next up, we have the Buccaneers and the Colts. For the Buccaneers... Um, I'm looking at Rashad White still. I've, I've talked about him a lot in the past, but 
I still love this player in fantasy because even though he hasn't really been efficient, he's getting all the volume. He's getting so many touches, and but the key part is so many dump-offs out of the backfield. Baker Mayfield, um, I don't want to say he gets scared back there or gets skittish, but he just gets rid of the ball. He doesn't want to hold on to it, which is perfectly fine. Avoid sacks, avoid turnovers. So when he gets pressured, he's like, all right, here you go, dump off, dump off to my running back immediately. And Rashad White is just killing it for us in fantasy because of that. Mike Evans is still a solid wide receiver one. I think Godwin might be a, um, a fade this week because the Colts have a great slot um, cornerback, Kenny Moore. And he's going to be with them and might be a little bit difficult for Godwin. But uh, Mike Evans is still a start. But the key thing is Rashad White is awesome. And for the Colts, I'm interested to see who their true wide receiver two is. Michael Pittman, you need to start him. He's going to do great this week. Buccaneers defense has not been all that good against um, receivers. They've been decent against running backs, so Taylor might have a lower expectation. You're still definitely starting him, though. But their secondary has given up a lot of yards. So um, um, for the Colts, um, their, their receivers are going to get so much volume, so many yards. So I think Michael Pittman, he could have a huge boom game. And I'm interested to see who their second one is. I believe it's going to be Downs. He is so talented, and they love him in that um, that offense. So I believe it's going to be Downs. He should be healthy. Um, but I'm interested to see if it's still going to be him, if they're going to try to get Alec Pierce involved, or if they're going to get um, the tight ends involved. I'm not sure. Should be Downs, but I'm interested to see who number two is because number two Going to get a lot of touches in this game as well. Buccaneer secondary isn't all that great. Next up, we have the fight for the top draft pick. Patriots versus Giants. This game could, could be kind of ugly to watch as well. For the Patriots, they haven't really mentioned who their quarterback's going to be. I don't know if that matters because it's going to be yucky anyway. Um, so all you're really starting for the Patriots is Pop Douglas, Demario Douglas. He's really their only receiver that has done really anything and then you can start their running backs stevenson's looks really good and zeke's looked pretty decent as well and i think going forward especially in this game they're going to just want to lean on their running game they're not going to want to pass the ball much because they don't trust their quarterbacks obviously they're going to be getting a quarterback in the draft that is almost guaranteed and the giant stevens doesn't really scare you so i think stevenson and even zeke solid starts and then Douglas is kind of, that's it. There's nobody else you really want out of that offense. And for the Giants, Tom DeVito looked pretty decent last week. I was impressed. I faded him last week because of what he did the, the first week. But he looked pretty decent in that win last week. So this offense might be something with him. It's only a one-week sample size. We don't, we don't need to jump the gun here. But um, he looked pretty good. So Saquon is going to have a... Like he always does, a lot of volume. He crushed it last week. Um, and then if you want to start one of their receivers, um, you might be able to because the Patriots defense has not been the Patriots defense. It's not been great. So if um, you have if you have one of their pass catchers, you might plug them in your lineup as a flex and feel okay about it because um, they actually played pretty well last week. Next up, we have, oh, this could be the best game of the week. 
um, honestly, in my opinion, the Jaguars and the Texans, the battle for first place for the Jaguars, it happened. Zay Jones played, and Calvin Ridley went off. Is this a thing? I kind of think it might be. I think their offense, what they did in the offseason, what they prepared for was all three of those guys being on the field. Um, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, and Calvin Ridley. And when Zay, Zay Jones went out, I think it kind of stumbled their offense. And it just didn't work. Um, the Texas defense doesn't really scare you either. They're fine, but they're not um, great either. So um, was Zay Jones in the lineup? Calvin Ridley, I think, is a start. Should be put in your lineups. Christian Kirk's still going to get some targets. He still get his, but it might be the Calvin Ridley show. And that's great for Trevor Lawrence. I think he's going to do um, really well again this week. Have a great game. And for the Texans, this offense is so much fun. So much fun. C.J. Stroud is just awesome. Just awesome. Um, so if you have one of their pass catchers, you're plugging them in and you're loving every minute of it. Nico Collins, start him. Tank Dell, start him. Dalton Schultz, start him. Noah Brown, maybe start him. If he's healthy, I might want to see it first um, because the main reason why he did so good previously because the other guys were a little dinged up. He had a couple games with um, um, with Collins and Tank Dell in the lineup. He did, he did pretty good still. So you can start him, but I would be a little bit um, cautious about it because I think he's still going to be the number three guy. So, you know, it's, it's kind of iffy, but the way this offense is humming, you can still put him in, though. Even though you might not be as optimistic you can still put him in as a flex but tank dell and collins are must starts schultz because the tight ends are must starts as well and i think devin singletary has taken this backfield over i mean unfortunately because i truly believe in damian pierce going into the season he looked great last week and i believe his offense would be better which is awesome now but i don't know what's going on with him when he was healthy he looked awful and Devin Singletary has looked so good. I don't think you can put that genie back in the bottle, so to speak. Next up, we have the Browns and the Broncos. This is going to be a defensive struggle. It's going to be ugly, but in a entertaining, ugly way. For the Browns, DTR, he didn't... I mean, he won the game for him last week, but he still didn't look great. So... Um, you're not really excited for this offense. Amari Cooper is going to be shadowed um, for majority of the game um, by the Broncos' amazing and great, just fantastic corner, Sertan. So you might want to fade him a little bit. You're still going to start him because he's Amari Cooper. He's awesome, but I wouldn't have high expectations. And Joku might do okay because DTR likes to get the ball to this big tight end, and with Sertan being on Cooper. Um, and Joku might be the only one open. And um, the running back should do fine. Um, Ford and Hunt, they should be okay. Because the Broncos' um, run defense isn't that good. And their pass defense is so good that they might have to just run the ball against them. But you're not super excited offensively for any team. And for the Broncos, they've won games. They've won like four in a row, I believe. So they've gotten the job done, but not offensively. What it's been, it's been a lot of ball control, move the ball, punt, move the ball, kick a field goal, move the ball, punt, move the ball, kick a field goal, and then, okay, touchdown in the late of the fourth quarter to take the lead. That's what it's been, basically, and the touchdown's always been in Cortland Sutton. It hasn't really been anybody else. 
So you can feel decent about Cortland Sutton and Javante Williams. That's kind of it. But against this defense, the Browns have one of the best defenses in the league. You're not super excited about it. Um, so this is going to be, you're starting the Browns defense, you're starting the Broncos defense, maybe Sutton, maybe Williams, and maybe Cooper and Joku, possibly Ford, but you don't have high expectations on any of those guys, because this is going to be an ugly, ugly slugfest, maybe like a 14-10 game at the end of the game. It's not going to be pretty. Next up, we have the Rams and the Cardinals. This is going to be kind of the opposite. This is going to be a game where I think both teams are going to move the ball pretty well, get in scoring range quite often. For the Rams, Cooper Cup sounds like he avoided a bad injury. I think he's going to give it a go this week, um, and hopefully they can finally get their offense moving because it's just been in limbo the past few weeks. But the big key thing is Kyron Williams is going to be back. That's kind of been possibly a factor because since his injury their offense has not been good honestly it's not been moving the ball and scoring but he is back they might be able to get back on track um and they cut they cut daryl henderson they put him back on the practice squad they'll probably elevate him but it's a financial thing i'm not a huge fan of it but they're saving money and not paying their players um but that's a different rabbit hole i'm not going to get down but um daryl henderson should be elevated back to the active roster i believe so he should still get back on the field and possibly be the number two number three behind williams and freeman but it's going to be the williams show and i think i don't think they're going to really limit him i think they're going to be a full go so i think their offense is going to get back on track so cup and nakua should get back into the group of things with kyron williams um getting so many so much volume and all the red zone work for the cardinals kyler murray looks good he looks like kyler murray which is exciting which means he's running around everywhere getting a lot of rushing yards i think he's gotten like 80 rushing yards in two games which is insane um and he's buying time and pushing the ball downfield so marquise brown is going to benefit from it but the big, th big thing is is trey mcbride I don't know if he's still available. If he is, get him, get him now. His um, rest of the year for um, against defenses for tight ends is positive. It's really positive. So you need to pick him up if he's available. Um, he's going to pay off so much for you down the stretch. And the next up, we have the Chiefs and the Raiders. This could be a sneaky, decent game. For the Chiefs, what I'm looking for in offense is what is their offense? So far, it's just Pacheco and Kelsey, and last week it wasn't even Kelsey. It was just Pacheco. Can the receivers actually catch the ball? I think what they need to do is figure out who their best receiver is and try to make a place where he gets involved. Maybe the receivers need to be involved in the, in the game, kind of like a running back. Get a lot of touches to build their confidence, build up momentum, and get them going because they just drop so many passes. And if you have Mahomes... You're kind of not excited right now because I believe Mahomes is like barely a top 10 quarterback. It's not good. I mean, CJ Stroud's outscoring him most games. Dobbs, I think, is outscoring him overall this year, which is insane. Or at least he's right there with him. It's not been good if you have Mahomes. And it's not his fault. He's looked possibly the best he's looked in his whole career. But his receivers aren't catching the ball. Don't know what's wrong. They got to figure something out. 
I was all on the Rasheed Rice train. He didn't show up last week. I still have hope for him, but we have to see it before we can believe it. If you have any Chiefs receiver, they're on your bench. And even if you have if you have Kelsey, you're not super thrilled so far this year because it's not been great. He started out the year pretty good, but here lately, hasn't been that good. Um, if you have Pacheco, you're happy because he's looked really good, but that's, that's about it. I don't know what's going on with this offense. they got to figure something out. And for the Raiders, I love what they're doing on their offensive side. They're Like I said earlier, they're funneling the ball to Devontae Adams, to Josh Jacobs, and that's basically it. Chiefs have a great defense, so I'd be a little bit cautious here. Um, but with the volume they're going to get, Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs, plug into your lineup. You don't really much have a choice. Um, Devontae Adams is going to be fine because I think the Chiefs are going to move the ball and score enough points where the Raiders are going to have to pass. So Devontae Adams is going to get some, a lot of targets. He's going to get Snead on him, which Snead shut down A.J. Brown last week. But the um, Eagles have multiple options. Raiders don't really. I mean, Myers is fine, but I would start Devontae Adams feel totally fine with it. Josh Jacobs, you're going to start him and not be super optimistic because the Chiefs defense is really good, and I don't know if he's going to have a lot of run lanes, but he's still going to get so much volume. Next up, we have the next very good game of the week, the Bills and the Eagles. For the Bills, um, their offensive coordinator, the new one last week, looked like he moved the ball around a lot. Diggs didn't get a lot of targets, Um which was interesting, but I think it was because of the matchup. They played a really good defense in the Jets, so um, Diggs was just covered, and so they didn't want to force the ball to him. But this week, this week they're playing the Eagles secondary. This is going to be a high-scoring game. This is going to be like a 34-31, at least most likely. It'll be a high-scoring game. And I think Diggs is going to go off this week. I think he could have like 12 catches, 150 yards, and a touchdown, maybe even two touchdowns. Um, because they're going to have to keep up with the Eagles. Eagles' run defense is really good, so um, James Cook is going to be shut down for a majority of the game. And the Pills need to win. They're still in must-win mode because their schedule's so brutal. So I think Josh Allen's going to throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball. And Diggs is going to benefit, and so is Dalton Kincaid. You start your tight ends against the Eagles. I don't know what it is, but that's just a fact. So Kincaid... He should go off as well. Um, And I don't think you should start Gabe Davis until we see it. I think it's going to be Diggs, Kincaid, and they're going to get a lot of volume. And for the Eagles, Devontae Smith looked good last week um, without Goddard. That's just the thing. So you're starting Devontae Smith this week. And again, it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith are just going to go crazy. Um, So they're both going to get probably 10, 11 targets, and you're going to just love every second of it. Along with DeAndre Swift, he's probably going to get some dump-offs. A lot of, I mean, the Eagles' offense basically is four guys are starting. Hurts, of course, DeAndre Swift, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. And that's it. And that's awesome. It's awesome on offense as a few guys they funnel the ball to because they're going to just score so many points for us in fantasy. It's going to be a really good game. I'm interested to see who wins this game. Next up, we have possibly an offensive crazy game, the Ravens and the Chargers. For the Ravens, uh, Mark Andrews. Oh, that was an awful injury. I don't. Ah, man, I feel so bad for him. He's fought through a lot of things this year, and 
It sounds like he's done for most of the year. He might come back for the playoffs. It's hard to say. Um, but since he's out, they're going to have less targets, obviously, and they're going to funnel the ball. It's just a few guys. Um, people might think that this, okay, Isaiah Likely, he's going to be the guy. Let's go. I don't, I'm not so sure. Last year he was, absolutely, and he was great when Mark Andrews missed. But it's a different offensive coordinator, different, a different offensive scheme. And if you take the sample size, it's not a lot. It's one game. But that we had this year where Andrews missed week one, Isaiah Likely only had like one catch, I think. He hardly got involved. So I don't know if that's a true thing. I need to see it first before I say one way or the other. So if you picked Likely up, um, that's, that's a smart move. I would have done that myself as well. I have in a couple leagues. But I don't know if I'm starting him. If I have a better option, I might. I don't know. I have to see it first. Um, but. What this does do is Zay Flowers and Odell Beckham Jr. are going to be plug-and-play immediate starts on those, especially in this game, if if um, Odell is healthy because he got a little dinged up with his shoulder last game. Um, but they're going to have to pass the ball a lot because I think the Chargers are going to move the ball and score. So I think Lamar Jackson's going to have one of his higher boomish games. Um, Zay Flowers is going to get involved, and Odell's going to get a lot of targets, a lot of yards as well. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see their running back room. Keaton Mitchell got a, a lot more involved last week. He didn't do a whole lot with it, but he got a lot more involved. It's interesting. Keep my eye on that. And for the Chargers, this is fairly straightforward. Eckler, Allen, um, Herbert. That's it, unfortunately. Third number two receiver since uh, Mike Williams got out. He got hurt out for the year, and Joshua Palmer has been hurt the past few weeks. They haven't had a number two receiver. I mean, that drop that Quentin Johnson had last week, that was going to win the game. He dropped it. I felt so bad for the guy. Um, but he, his confidence has to be shot, and the team's confidence in him has to be shot. So I don't trust anyone else on that offense other than Eckler and Allen. And that's the end of the list, which kind of is good for fantasy because if you have any of one of those guys, you're like, okay, awesome. That means they're going to get the ball even more. It's just so sad to see what Quinton Johnson has done. I think he's still going to be a thing eventually, but it might not be this year. And then the final game we have, Monday Night Football, Bears and Vikings. This is going to be a really competitive game. For the Bears, Justin Fields looked great last week, running everywhere on the field, just getting like 100 rushing yards. It was insane. It looked like the Justin Fields of last year. I think that should continue. Um, and what's really good is he funnels the ball to DJ Moore. He looks for him early and often. Um, and he's going up against a secondary that he should be able to um, expose and exploit to a certain extent. Because the Vikings' um, corners, they they fight, they're competitive, they um, fly around, but they get beat, they get exposed, especially if their starting corner Evans is out. I don't know if he's going to be or not. He missed last week, which was huge, um, but I don't know if he's going to play this week. He might, but um, even if he does, DJ Moore is still going to get enough volume and be able to probably beat them on one deep ball. That's, that's what you do against the Vikings. There's always one ball you beat them on deep because they pressure, they blitz, they play one-on-one -on, -one on the outside, and they're okay with it. And they've had a decent amount of success overall with that. And then for the Vikings, um, 
Jefferson is most likely going to be out this game, I believe. They haven't said that for sure, but they're saying all the things. And they have a bye week next week. And they're still pretty confident that they have a great chance at the playoffs. Um, and I think they're going to want him to be 100% healthy, in shape, ready to go for the stretch run. So I kind of think he's going to be out this game again. Um, and if he is, the Bears secondary doesn't scare you. So you're going to start Jordan Addison. He's going to get involved. Um, I as much as he can be, because Dobbs, he sometimes has a deer in the headlights look to him, and he doesn't look through all his progressions as well as he should, um, and he starts to scramble and kind of panic-ish, and he doesn't really look for, he doesn't really look for Jordan Addison all that often as much as he should, um, so he likes to dump it off to T.J. Hawkinson a lot, so he's going to be heavily involved, heavily involved. But he doesn't really push the ball downfield as much as I think he could. He might do that this week. Kevin O'Connell is going to be all over him in practice this week, trying to get him more prepared. So this could be a game where they try to push the ball downfield. Bears' run defense is really good, so they're not going to be able to run the ball that effectively. So they're going to be passing a lot. And I think Jordan Addison, TJ Hawkinson, they're going to be heavily, heavily involved. I've loved this story for Josh Jobs. He's just been awesome. All right. Well, that's enough about the fantasy side. That's enough about fake football. Now let's get real, guys. And what we're going to do, it's the Thanksgiving season. So for this Get Real segment, we're going to talk about thankfulness. And let's start with some scripture. Let's start with First, First Chronicles 16.34. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. This is one of my favorite verses. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Not certain circumstances, all circumstances. Colossians 3.15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. You were called to peace and you were called to thankfulness. And then basically right after that, Colossians 3, 17. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So for this Thanksgiving season, guys, let's be thankful for all that we have, not just the big things like, oh, I have a great job, a great house. Um, I have good finances. Nothing like that. Let's be thankful for the little things. We'll, of course, be thankful for the big things as well. But let's be thankful that we have life, that we have breath, that we have a God who loves us. That's the biggest thing of all, that he is there for us always. Be thankful that we have food to eat. Be thankful that um, we have family or friends with us. Let's get back to the little things of being thankful. Um, being thankful that we have a podcast to listen to. I'm me myself. I am so thankful for everything in my life right now. I don't know where to begin, um, but for that particular um, topic, I'm so thankful that I have this ability to just make a podcast, just talk about fake football for 30 minutes to an hour, one time a week, and just talk about the goodness of God. It's that's the best thing in in, in life that anyone can be thankful for. The goodness of God. He loves us so much. He gave his life for us. He's forgiven us of our sins. 
That's what we should focus on being thankful for in this Thanksgiving season. I hope everyone has a wonderful Thanksgiving. Eat all of the delicious food. Be thankful for all that you have. Um, and if you have any, and enjoy the football season. Enjoy the games um, today. Enjoy the games, the game on Friday, all the games on Sunday and Monday. And if you need any kind of help during the fantasy season, I would love to answer any of your questions. You can find me on social media, um, on the X, on Fantasy Football CU without any vowels. Um, or you can go to our website, fantasyfootballcu.com. Go to the free forums, ask any question you want. Um, there's a prayer request line there as well. I'd be happy to pray for you. We also have some courses that can teach you the um, specific details of fantasy football. Hopefully have you better success. And lastly, we have a membership where I can be live, answer all your questions, discuss your lineups. You can even show me your lineups live. And I can say, okay, I like what that is, but you need to improve this, that. I would make a trade for that position, or I would bench him, start him, whatever you need. I'm happy to help in any way I can. I've been playing this game for over 10 years. I'm in seven leagues right now. And in all but one, I am in basically first or second place in all but one league. And it's just I've been having so much fun. I'm happy to help in any way I can. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We'll see you next time. I'm going to make a bonus episode on Saturday for the trade deadline, a trade deadline special. Be sure to catch that episode. We will see you then.